the biggest shift of the last 300 years is happening right now as the world goes online. It is affecting every piece of our world, including the restaurant industry. Think back just 15 years, a restaurant didn't need a website. Of course, it was nice when they did, but even those were somewhat archaic. But how quickly things change. Now, a restaurant's website has become crucial, an online home where diners can go to learn more about the place. In this week's episode, I'm going to talk about the do's and don'ts of building a restaurant website. Stick around. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who can see when shown, and those who will never see. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle. Hey everyone, as always, I want to thank you again for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly marketing podcast dedicated entirely to chefs and restaurant owners. Each week, I choose a different topic. We explore that topic. We pick it apart. Hopefully, by the end, we come across some useful insights, and then we always finish up with an assignment. I leave you a short, actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing the concepts we talk about here on the show. This is episode number 19, where I'm sharing the do's and don'ts when it comes to building out your restaurant's website. This can be a fairly dry topic, but I promise we're going to have fun with this one and hopefully even learn some things along the way. So let's dive right in. First, yes, you do need a website. Even if you think you're not attracting an audience online, you need some sort of digital presence. You don't need to blow a lot of money on it, but you do need to make sure it looks sharp and professional. It should be an extension of your brand. Think of it as an online home for your restaurant. You don't need all the bells and whistles. It does need to answer some of the basic questions that visitors may have, but it doesn't need to have every little detail. Remember, it's just a tool you're going to use to cultivate business. So I'd recommend putting whatever information you think is necessary to get people to book a reservation. So let's get into all that. Let's talk about why you should want to have a website, what should and shouldn't be on that website, and how to make that website work for you. First of all, why? Why do you need a website? Well, the internet is where people go to find things. If you're not on the internet, those people who are looking for things on the internet will never find you. So think about your own browsing habits. Think about the ways in which you use the internet. I use it for a variety of things, to shop, to keep up on news, to get answers to questions, and to learn about things that, that are unfamiliar to me. So maybe that's to find information on a new TV show, right? Someone suggests that I watch this new show and I want to look it up to learn more. Who's producing it? Who's writing it? Who's starring in it? What channel is it on? When does it air? How can I get caught up on old episodes? I find the answers to all those things before I decide whether to invest the time in watching it. I do the same thing with restaurants, and when I travel, I do the same thing with hotels. When someone makes a recommendation, the first thing I do is try to learn more about it. Maybe I visit their social media pages, or I go check out uh, Open Table or Resi or Talk, or maybe I look at Yelp reviews or TripAdvisor, and most likely, I'm going to wind up on their website. And ultimately, for me, that's usually how I make my decision. If a place doesn't have a website, 
it comes off as phony or scammy. It feels less than legitimate, at least in my opinion. So it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but yes, I think your restaurant does need a website. The most important thing about your website is that it needs to answer some of the most basic questions. First and foremost, hours, location, and contact info. You should also probably feature your menu, maybe a bit of history, bios, give some context to the user, press maybe if you've gotten any uh, reviews or features linked to those, and of course it has to drive sales. Think of your call to action, meaning what's the most important thing you want visitors to do when they visit your site. It's probably to book a reservation or to place an online order or to, uh, to order items through the shop. What is your call to action? The entire site needs to be pointing to that. So those are the basics, right? It needs to accomplish those things in order to work for you. But as I said at the top, you don't need to spend a lot of money on your website. In fact, I'm going to suggest that you not spend more than a couple thousand dollars at most. And these days, it's totally possible. So let's start there. How do you create a website? I think there are three basic paths to explore. First, you could hire a developer to create your site from scratch. Or you can work with a company, uh, a site like Bento Box, where they have pre-made templates, uh, and then you work with a designer to modify the templates. Uh, or the third option is you can do it yourself. Of the three, I like to recommend doing it yourself. The do-it-yourself options have never been more affordable. They've never been more user-friendly. Of the bunch, uh, the three main ones out there are Wix, WordPress and Squarespace. And of those three, I love to recommend Squarespace. I've used them all uh, and Squarespace is the one I just keep coming back to. Um, they're, they're really responsive templates. Um, it's all drag and drop. It's very easy to use. You can modify most of the templates and bend them in all kinds of uh, interesting directions. Uh, there's a learning curve to it as with anything, but once you get the hang of it, um, it's very, very user-friendly uh, and it's affordable. You can have a website. It's like a couple of hundred dollars for the year. So that's the cheapest of the three options. It's also going to give you the most autonomy when it comes to uh, to manipulating your website. The second one, right, the next uh, more expensive option is using a site like Bento Box. Uh, and Bento Box does beautiful work. They work with a lot of restaurants here in New York City uh, and all over the country. Um, you choose a basic template and then they uh, they assign you a developer, uh, you know, a web designer to, uh, to modify those uh, templates. So you can bend them in this direction or that direction. You can change colors, add uh, different fonts and your logo. Uh, they offer, again, really great product. It's going to be more expensive uh, than if you just did it yourself. Uh, but it's a, it's a totally uh, valid option for you to go. And then the third option, right? The first one I mentioned uh, is to hire a web developer to build your site from scratch. This is obviously the most expensive. Uh, there are tons of good designers out there. If you don't know any, a good place to start if you know that you want to build something out from scratch uh, is to maybe go use a website like Upwork or Fiverr. Those are two sites that are dedicated to connecting businesses with freelancers and you're going to find tons of qualified people on those sites. Uh, incidentally, as we go through, you're going to find all of these links in the show notes. So the do-it-yourself options, Wix, WordPress, and Squarespace, uh, they're going to be links in the show notes. Uh, Bento Box, I'm going to link to them, and then Upwork and Fiverr. Uh, so rest assured, you don't have to scribble down notes. Just go find them in the show notes. So uh, moving on then, uh, now you've you've got your site. You, you figured out which of those three, uh, which of those routes you're going to take. Then how should the site be laid out? 
So we touched on this a few weeks ago when we discussed some basic best practices when it comes to SEO. And if you skip that one, I might recommend going back and listening to episode number 16. It's all about kind of a crash course in SEO for restaurants. It's about optimizing your site for search engine optimization. So when we talk about SEO, we're talking about sites like uh, Google and Bing, how to return uh, good organic search results. Uh, Basically, what we talked about on that episode is that you want to organize your site with pages. So the first place they're gonna land is the home page, right? This is the landing page, and it needs to grab people's attention right away, enough so so that they're curious enough to keep navigating and exploring your website. It also needs to have a very clear call to action. So like we talked about, what do you want people to do? What do you want your visitors to do? To book a reservation, or to place an online order, or to uh, to place an order in the online shop, whatever it is, that needs to be immediately clear on the home page. Um, In the navigation bar, uh, you can have a a variety of different pages. So maybe you'll have an about page where you list the locations, the hours, the the bios, the history about the place if you want. Um, You're probably going to have a menu page where you list all of your menus so people can get a sense of what you serve. Uh, you might have a press page where you uh, you list your uh, your clippings, so any reviews or features or any kind of other press that you've gotten. Uh, if you sell retail items, you might have a shop page. You're probably going to have a contact page so that people know how to uh, to get in touch with you if they have questions, uh, if they need to book parties, uh, large uh, large events, whatever it is. And then you're probably going to have a reserve page, a reservations page, where people can book directly on your site, book a reservation. If you're a fast casual place, it also might make sense to integrate your ordering uh, system so that people can place orders directly on your website. Basically, though, I think you want multiple pages. It was very fashionable to have this one-page look where people could just scroll, 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 scroll. So it would be your homepage, then they scroll down a little bit, then they get to your bios, they scroll down a little bit more, they see press, they scroll down a little bit more, they see your menus. I I just don't think that's helpful anymore, especially for SEO practices, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Um, But how should the site be laid out? It should be laid out intuitively, easy to read, uh, so that people know how to get to where they want to get to, to get the information they're looking for. So then when we're building out the site, what sort of design elements are needed? I think it needs easy navigation. People have to be able to find what they're looking for. I think it needs a clear call to action like we just spoke about. Ideally, what is it that you want people visiting your site to do? You want them to book a reservation? That should be immediately clear. Uh, You want your site to be mobile friendly, right? We walk around with computers in our pockets. They're called smartphones. More often than not, uh, a person's going to view your website first on their smartphone before they sit down at a desktop or a laptop to view it. Um, More than anything else, though, uh, again, your site needs to be a calling card. It needs to be an online home for your restaurant. So uh, it needs to be an extension of the restaurant. If your place is fun and casual, then the site needs to match it. If you run an elegant fine dining restaurant, then the site should be sophisticated and have some of those elegant touches. Um, It should incorporate logos and color schemes and fonts. Um, It should have photos, tons of photos, right? Uh, A picture's worth a thousand words, and and these days no one reads anyway. So I think you do need to include photos that are going to sell the place. Uh, Your site needs to grab people's attention right away and make them want to stay. They should want to keep exploring the site. Photos help, logos, colors, all of that. So those are the design elements I think you need to think about when laying out your site. So I said a minute ago we were going to get into it again. Let's get into it. Let's talk about SEO. 
SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. And if you listen to episode number 16, you'll know we talked all about the subject. I'm not going to go through everything again. I just want to touch on some of the basics. When we talk about SEO, we're talking about sites like Google and Bing. It is how you get found on the internet. Specifically, we're talking about organic search results. So when someone types in best Chinese food in Ann Arbor and you have a Chinese restaurant in Ann Arbor, you're going to want your restaurant to be listed number one, two, or three. There are a variety of ways that happens and it certainly takes time, but it would behoove you to try to understand how this works to try to improve your rankings. So there are simple things you can do, right? Uh, Make sure that your navigation headings uh, match the page headings, match the unique uh, URL. For example, uh, carminesrestaurant.com slash menu, then the title on the page should say menu and make sure everything on that page is the menu. Um, About five years ago, six years ago, it was very fashionable. I was talking about this a minute ago to have a a one page site, right? Where all your info is in one place, Uh, which may be convenient because people just land there and keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. But what the experts have found recently is that those sites perform uh, worse when it comes to SEO because the crawlers, right? So Google has these crawlers that they send out into the internet to return information back to the Google mothership uh, to say what page is which and um, and to figure out what is relevant and what's not. And what's happening is that when you have all that information listed on one page, it becomes confusing. And so the Google crawlers say, well, I don't know what this page is. And it just ranks it a little bit lower. So you want to have different pages like we talked about a minute ago, right? Break out your pages. So there's a home page, an about page, a menu page, a contact page, a reserve page. That's one key way you can help yourself. And there are other ways that go on and on and on. Uh, The last thing I'll say, and this is going to segue into the next thing we're going to talk about, is that Google likes when a site is alive, meaning uh, they want to see that little things are changing from time to time. And one easy way to do this is through a blog. So let's talk about blogs. So when we talk about a blog, we're talking about content strategy. Content is the way that you drive traffic. More content means more visitors. So a blog is a regularly updated website or web page, and this can manifest itself in a variety of ways. Uh, you'll see there are millions of blogs on the internet and tons of bloggers, right? There are there are uh, recipe blogs and travel blogs and photo blogs and, and advice blogs and, and blogs where you rant and on and on and on. If you can set up your website to have a blog page, I recommend you do it. It's going to be an easy way to keep your site alive. Even if you just go in once a week and update that page, I think it can really help your search results. So a blog can be a great excuse to create new content every so often. It can be a great way to provide value for your audience. It can be a great tool for driving traffic to your website, and it can be a really crucial way to start building your email list. So I'll use one example. So one of my clients, uh, the the client came to me and said, we want to figure out a way to drive more traffic to the website. Because if people go to the website, they're invariably going to book reservations and they're going to buy from the retail shop, some of the cookbooks that we have for sale. So how can we drive traffic? And the thing that I told them, I said, let's 
build out the blog. And he said, oh, the blog is so 10 years ago. We used to have a blog, and we found that nobody read it, and, uh, and so we, uh, we don't really want to do that. I said, well, let's dress it up. Let's make it into a, a digital magazine. So it's got high-end content where we share recipes and interviews and think pieces and uh, photo spreads of the, uh, the new menus every time we have a new menu coming out. Um, and it has largely done that. It has helped to drive traffic to the website. For example, we write a post. We post it to the blog, and then we promote it on uh, social media, on places like Facebook, and then that drives traffic to the blog post. People are there at the website, and they poke around a little bit. Uh, so it has largely done what we asked it to do. It has also helped us uh, capture email addresses and grow our email list. Uh, so building out the blog has been very, very helpful. Uh, it can also be a way to generate revenue for your business. Uh, if it gets enough traffic in time, there are a variety of ways to monetize that blog. I I'm not going to go into that today, but if you're curious, I'm happy to spend an episode talking about that. Uh, send me an email and, and let me know if that's something that you want to learn about. And I'm happy to do it. Uh, for now, though, uh, let's just see if we can accomplish those few things, right? Let's see if it can uh, help you create new content, to provide value for your audience, to drive traffic to your site and to start building a, a bigger email list. So now maybe you're saying, well, we just have a small cafe that serves you know, breakfast and lunch, and, and it's not that important for our restaurant. I would suggest you try to post just once a week. Maybe it's just posting your soup and sandwich special. You know, Maybe you have a new special that changes every week, so you take a nice photo and add a new blog post every Monday morning. You say, presenting this week's soup and salad special. In time, I think you're going to drive traffic to your website. Every Monday, people are going to uh, you know, log on to see what the special is for the week. Uh, you can also offer coupons uh, if, you, if you've got a more casual place, uh, you know, a fast casual concept, a pizza place, uh, something like that. You can use your blog to run a week-long promotion, right? So and that blog is where diners would go to find out about this week's deal or to get this week's coupon or to see this week's promotion. So don't discount the blog just because you think it's going to be too much work or because you don't have anything to say. I think you can find ways to fill that. So then what other features might you want to add to your website? Well, if you take orders online, uh, there might be a way to integrate your ordering directly into the website. You might be able to capture more orders that way as opposed to uh, kicking users to a, a third-party site. Uh, you may want to consider having a shop page uh, where you sell retail items like cookbooks or whatever. Uh, at the very least, you should probably sell gift cards on that site. It is cash in the bank if you can do it. You might want to have an events page if you do special programming from time to time. Uh, you probably want to link to your social accounts uh, to, to integrate the whole thing. And most importantly, you need a way to capture email addresses. The way I see it, there should be at least three places on the website where people can opt in to receive emails from you. Number one, you got to put a pop-up that appears right when people land on your site. I promise you, it feels weird. It feels like it's going to be annoying to people, and it's not. If people don't want to sign up for it, they'll just click out of it. Uh, number two, I would put it in the footer to your site. So this is going to be on every single page. Number three, I would put it in the sidebar on your blog page. Or if you, if you don't believe me that you should have a blog page, I would put it in a sidebar on your contact page. The website list, your email list, is how you identify your fans. It is how you nurture future sales. It is one of the most valuable parts of your digital marketing strategy. So again, to recap, the do's and don'ts. Yes, you do need to have a website, but you don't need to break the bank. 
It does need to be sharp and professional, but it doesn't need to have a bunch of crazy bells and whistles. You do want to be able to list all of the important information that people will be searching for, but you don't need to write a novel with 20 different pages. You do want to make the call to action obvious, but you don't want to complicate things with too many calls to action. Content is great because it drives traffic. Remember, collecting email addresses is a good thing. Selling items like gift cards make a lot of sense to me, and I I think they make a lot of sense to you if you think about it. And multiple pages are better than just those one-page sites where you just scroll to infinity. Again, I've built a bunch of different sites, and the platform I love to recommend is Squarespace. It's responsive, intuitive, very easy to use. The templates are stylish and sophisticated, and I found their customer service to be great. It's also very affordable, just a couple hundred bucks a year. There's a learning curve, but I tell you, once you get the hang of it, it's going to be a breeze. So again, the areas we talked about. How do you create a website? You got to figure out whether you want to build it yourself, whether you want to hire a company or hire an outside designer. We talked about how the site should be laid out. You want a variety of different pages that are very easy to navigate. What sort of design elements are required? You can do just about anything as long as the page, as long as your website feels like an extension of your restaurant, as long as it echoes the aesthetic and the tone of your restaurant. So the photos, the colors, the fonts, the logos, all of that, it needs to have a very clear call to action. You need to think about SEO and optimize your site so that it ranks higher in organic search results. I want you to think about content strategy. Specifically, we talked about a blog, building out a blog and updating it regularly. And then we talked about all those other features, most importantly, finding ways to capture email addresses. So we talked about a lot this week and this week's assignment, uh, uh, we're starting small. You're going to go very, very easy. I want you to go find five websites that you love. Maybe there are other restaurants, maybe they're in hospitality, and maybe not. I want you to just identify the aspects that you like most. So maybe it's the layout from this site, and the navigation bar from this site, and the contact page from this site, and the way the photos are incorporated uh, on this site. Viewing other sites are just going to help identify the details that you want on your site. It's going to help solidify your own opinion about what you think is important and what's not. Finally, we always finish up with continuing education, and I'm going to link to a book called Building Businesses with Squarespace uh, 7. It's a guidebook uh, that's more than 450 pages long. It's packed with incredible insights. I love this book, especially if you've never used the platform and and you're interested in trying Squarespace out, but you're a little bit nervous. Um, It's worth picking up this book uh, just to help build out the site. I think it's like 40 or 45 dollars, and well worth the investment if you're gonna if you're gonna make the commitment to build out the site yourself. It really helps. Um, it really helps with the learning curve. So that link is in the show notes. You can go and get the book. Uh, again, as always, I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, this was all about the do's and don'ts of building out your website. Uh, I love having you guys here. Please keep coming back. Spread the word. If you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button. I will see you next week. 